Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. The title of my message, Living Fully Pleasing to the Father. Uh, I know I'm talking to the right people, okay? This is, uh, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. And we want to live pleasing unto God, our Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1, the Bible says in verse 9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. Say Amen this morning. Being fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. I know this morning that I'm talking to the right people across South Africa. I know that you all want to stand before Jesus one day and you want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. So this is not a dash. This is a marathon. So we want to live lives that are fully pleasing unto God. Amen. We want to be, live lives that are fruitful. Say amen. Say fruitful, somebody. We want to live lives where we increase in the knowledge of God. We want to live lives where we are filled with wisdom and strength. That means we, we don't want to live in fear, in doubt, in uncertainty. We want to live in the future plans that God has predestined us for. Now, decisions, decisions, decisions. I cannot overemphasize the importance of decision making because every decision determines a destination. I mean, this morning you made a decision to come to church. Amen. The person that you're married to, that was your choice, okay? God's choice, but your choice. The kids you have, you may say it was an oops. No, you know better than that. You studied biology in school. You know better than that, okay? It wasn't an oops. It was a decision. The clothes you wear today was a decision. The car you bought, decision. The house you live, decision. The career you pursue, it's a decision. Everything in life is a choice. Well, then obviously we have to know how to make right decisions. If decisions are so detrimental to the future. We, I mean, God's got these amazing plans for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the thoughts I think toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. So in the mind of God, God's got a great future for you. No matter where you are, in a valley, in a crisis, in a fire, in a bad storm, God wants to lead and guide you. As Psalm 23 says, He is your good shepherd. He will lead you. He will guide you through the valley of sorrow, through the valley of depression. He will lead you to a place where you will experience God's goodness and God's mercy. If you believe it, shout amen and give Him a praise in this place. Hallelujah. So Jesus lived for His Father's will in John chapter 8. He says in verse 28, Jesus said to them, When you lift the Son of Man up, then you will know that I am He, and that I do nothing by Myself. Now that sounds simple, but that's not the way we are 
intended, intentionally. I do nothing by myself. Because we want to be fixers, right? And there's certain truth to it. We want to fix our problems. We want to change our world. But we have to do it knowing that what we are doing is pleasing to the Father and in the Father's will for our lives. He says, And I do nothing by myself, but as my Father taught me, I speak these things. He who has sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that pleases Him. I mean, if you know sometimes if you're going to live a life that pleases God, it's not going to please people. And if you live a life to please God, it's maybe not always going to please your spouse. It's not always going to please your child. It's not going to please your parents. So we spoke about this last week, Isaiah 48, where God says, I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit and lead you by the way that you should go. So we have to qualify where God fits in our lives. In what box do you put God? Where is God if your life represents an empty square? Where in, in, in what of the little boxes does He fit in? Is He one of the people you consult with? Is He one of the people you want to please? Or is He the person, the Alpha and the Omega? Come on, is He the beginning and the end? Is He the counselor of your life? Is He the one that you want to please above and beyond everybody else? Come on, I know you love Him this morning. Give God a praise. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, Pretoria, as you hear and know, I love the price of it from all of you. Give them a love price and give them an anbidding in the black in Jesus' name. So we're talking about how to be led by the Holy Spirit because ultimately, I'm going to say it again, decisions lead to destiny. So you get fed up with this government and you decide I'm going to leave South Africa, you may, you, you may, you may miss the mark. You may get frustrated with your situation and say, I'm getting out of this job and you may miss the mark. It's like people think every day has to be a sunshine day. Well, weather's not even like that. Sometimes it's not sunshine. Sometimes it's winter. Sometimes it is a season of silence. And with the help of God, you have to learn to discern the season you are in and God's will for that season in your life. Otherwise, you will make emotional, impulsive decisions that will get you out of the will of God. And I've said this a hundred times in this church. I don't want to get to heaven one day, climb a ladder. Everybody applauds me climbing that ladder. But when I stand before Jesus Christ says, well, you did good, but the ladder was wrong, against the wrong wall. So it is not about what people think down here. It's about playing for the audience of one. And this is what... Paul the Apostle is really clarifying and this is what he's trying to say to us through his prayer that we may live lives that are pleasing to God. That doesn't mean it's a life that's passive. It means it's a life that is fruitful. It means that's a life that is increasing in the knowledge of God. It means it's a life that is filled with wisdom and strength. It means it's a life 
that is a get up and go life. It's a life that's not a camper. It's a life that's a climber. Come on. People think if you follow God, you have to be this dead duck. God said, no, follow me and I will make you something great. So you better believe that your best days are ahead of you. And no matter what you are facing, what you have been through, God wants to turn your body into dogs and your sorrow into joy. God wants to give you beautiful ashes. Come on, He still is the same yesterday, today and forever. Can you give the Lord a praise and believe it this morning in Jesus' name? God's not done with you. I said God is not done with you. God's not finished with you, but you cannot be careless when it comes to making decisions. One wrong investment, you can go bang. You can go down. I mean, I, I dated a girl, not that you should date at school, but I did, I wasn't saved, okay. And her father was a very wealthy property developer, and then he built two or three buildings at the same time. And the bank pulled the finances, and that was the end. He could have built the one, but he wasn't patient. Made a bad decision. Choices, decisions, business, investment. I mean, as a doctor, that person's lying on the operating table. Sometimes you just know you shouldn't cut. Sometimes something looks a certain way, but you know it's not that way. So God never meant for us to live our lives stumbling around in the blind and, or as the blind in the dark. God meant for us to live empowered by the Holy Ghost, just as Jesus was. Living with an attitude of consecration every day, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And I pray that God raises up politicians. We are politicians here, but I say it and I'll say it again. I pray that we... Uh, uh, that God raises up politicians that will have a mind that will serve the will of God and that will live lives that are fully pleasing to God, that will sign contracts that are fully pleasing to God so South Africa can be restored. Amen. So that we can have electricity. I'm sure God knows how to solve, uh, resolve the, the, the electricity problems. Um, it's not like God doesn't know. Okay, I'll leave it there because I get in trouble every week on Facebook or wherever if I say anything that's not uh, popular in the world agenda, which is a, full, a few people to control the whole world. That's fact. So um, we saw last week that Jesus made this promise and He said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth. So, so, so your future should not be a mystery. Every step you take has been predestined by your Father. Romans 8 verse 4 in the Bible says, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God, mature sons of God. The Passion Translation says the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. We want to talk about that this morning, how the Holy Spirit talks to us. Because people say to me, Pastor God never talks to me. He's talking to you all the time. You are just not in tune with the impulses or with the voice of the Holy Spirit within. So the key to fulfill destiny, pleasing God is what we all want, right? We want to live for the glory of God, not just Shabbat Shabbat and then live our own lives. We want to live lives, I want to say it again, that are fully pleasing to the Father. Can I have an amen? Fully. Not half-pleasing, fully pleasing. And we want to be fruitful in every good work. 
And we want to stand before Jesus one day and be able to say like Paul, I have run the race, I've kept the faith. And finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge will give to me. And also to all those who love His appearing. So although we run together, you are in your own race, can I say, of obedience. You are in your own journey, your own walk with God. Because although the Bible is a roadmap for all of us, God has a very detailed will for your life as well. And when God talks to you, it's never going to be outside of His Word, ever. Anything God says is going to be based on His Word. So we talk about the three ways that God talks to us. Last week we began to talk about, and this is important, the basic truth of reading the Bible, meditating in the Bible, studying the Bible. You know, with modern technology, there's more access to the Word of God than ever. And yet the Bible has become the most unread book in the world. And you wonder why we have so much confusion and chaos? If God gave us His mind, God gave us His will, God gave us the source of wisdom to solve all our problems and to address all the ills of humanity. It's all there. How to resolve an energy crisis, turn on the light. Amen, it's there. How to deal with uh, poverty, it's there. How to deal with crime, it's there. How to deal with rape, it's there. How to uh, eradicate unemployment, it's there. It's in the Bible. This is God's will for mankind. And God's will, and I want to say this toward mankind, is goodwill and peace. That means God cares about everybody. God cares about the foreigner. God cares about uh, uh, the, the, the uh, Nigerian. God cares about the uh, Angolan. God cares about the Zimbabwean. God cares about the South African. God cares about the Greek. God cares about the Spaniard. God cares about absolutely everybody. He cares, he cares about everybody. This Bible is a book for mankind. This Bible is written over thousands of years without any contradiction. No conflict. Supernatural. The Bible, hasn't, it has one author who is the Holy Spirit, but the Bible was written by many, many, many people in different times, different political dispensations, different eras, different centuries, and there is no conflict in the Bible, no contradiction. It, it is supernatural. It is filled with the life of God. It is filled with the breath of God. Now listen to me very carefully this morning. Some people don't like it if I say it like that. But if you don't respect the Bible, you don't respect your relationship with God. Selah. I'll say it again, if you don't respect the Bible, you have no respect for your relationship with God because the Bible is God's highest will. The Bible is God's Word. The, God, the Bible is, is, is the revelation of God's ways. So until we don't turn to that Bible and begin to devour it, we are not open for further guidance. 
Because whatever we hear or whatever anybody says to us, there will be the big but that will land you on your little but. Because there's another word that dominates the word. Now even Jesus operated under the word. Even Jesus came to fulfill the will, the word of his father. I only speak what I hear my father say. Even God himself watches over his word. Bible says his word is exalted above his name. So until we don't take that personal decision, because I know people want this quick fix and uh, just quick prophecy and quick wave your hand and they want all their problems to disappear. God says, no, if you abide in my word, if you continue in my word, if you dwell in my word, if you walk in my word, you will be my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in a day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So, so if we think we can have a conversation beyond the importance of God's Word, there can be no conversation. We're in a stalemate. Luister baie mooi. It's baie eenvoudig. Maar ek kan nie vir jou jok nie. Ek kan come every week and motivate you and build you and encourage you and tell you great things, but God's Word doesn't feature in your life. I mean, people say, if the word says that I believe it, that settles it. No, brother Jack. If the word says that that settles it. If the word says that your culture bows to the word. If the word says that your tradition bows to the word. If the word says that your feeling bows to the word. The word has to take preeminence in your life. There cannot be the. I, 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 I hear what you say, Pastor. But no, 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 no. Let's qualify what the pastor says. If it's in the Bible, it's God's will. And God cannot go against Himself. So I mean, the Bible says, neglect not the assembling of yourselves together as the matter of some is. You have a choice to make. You respect or you don't. You can't treat the Word of God like a menu and expect God to lead you into truth. There is no, there is no guidance outside of His Word. Listen to me very, very clearly and carefully without making a legalistic statement. I'll get to the guidance of the Holy Spirit now. But people want this uh, move of God, a Word of God, a manifestation of God, and they have no foundation in God's Word. Well, Satan can appear to you as an angel of light. You can have any word. Like a friend of mine that sat on, uh, he was my friend then, that sat in Naval Hill. And he heard a voice speaking to him in Sutu. And he had never spoken Sutu in his life. I'm sure somebody sat behind the bush and, and said it to him. But I mean, the voice said to him, leave your wife, uh, quit the job. He was in the ministry and I'm going to show you what to do. I mean, even though it wasn't a word of God. It was a voice, but it clashed with Scripture. So when, when, when somebody talks to us, we have to say, what does the Bible say? When somebody prophesies to us, we have to go to the Bible. We have to go look at what is consistent in Scripture. I'm trying to help you here this morning. Because if you're going to build your life, Matthew 7 says, you have to build it on the Word. So when the storms come, the rains descends, the floods come, your house will not fall because it's built upon the Word of God. You build your life on God's Word and nothing else. Now I know 
in, in, in today's world, authority is, is taken out of the equation. It's like the teacher doesn't have authority in, in, in the classroom. It's the police officer has less authority because he takes a bribe, etc., etc., etc. So when we come to God, it's like, okay. It's like, it's, it's like His Word is an option. End of conversation. Doesn't mean He doesn't love you, but it means you're stuck. <laughs> you, you feel like, you, you feel like destroy, hitting that person, destroying that person. God says forgive. What are you going to do? God says, turn the other cheek and everything in you cries for vengeance. What are you going to do? God says, forgive and bless your enemy and you want retribution. As some politicians are, are advocating in South Africa. What are you going to do? Where are you going to stand? Because God's not going to work and operate outside of His Word. I know it's very basic, very simple. But if we're going to have to move on in our lives, our relationship with Jesus Christ, we have to understand the authenticity of God's Word, the validity of God's Word, the importance of God's Word, and we have to make personal decisions. Where does the Word of God fit into my life? I mean, we spend hours and hours and years counseling people, and we say to them, the Bible says, and then people say, I know what the Bible says, but, well, you know me, I'm not like these beautiful ladies and counselors that, that listen to your but. I just say, okay, thank you. God bless you. Have a lack of liver. Because what do you want me to say to you? Huh? Do you want me to have a conversation outside of the Word now suddenly for your sake? Hello? Hello? Is there anybody out there? Uh, so we don't come to church just to, 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 to have feelings, beautiful feelings, wonderful feelings. Oh, the service felt great, Pastor. And what did God say to you? Um... Uh, uh, oh, the service was great, Pastor. What did God say to you? What did the Bible say to you? What did the Bible say to you? What did the Bible say to you? What does the Bible say? So we have conversations with people, they say, well, you don't understand. No, no, I understand the Word. I didn't write it. I submit to it. I'm not going to deliberate the Word. The Word says, don't worship the dead. The Word says, don't seek counsel from the dead. That's the Bible. Now, you can go pray to any God. You can go put up your little statue in your, in your, in your um, uh, garden, Dagon, and you can go pray to Dagon, and, and that's your problem. Do it. God's not going to come and uh, have a problem with you. He loves you in any case. But God's not going to answer you because He's not Dagon. God's not going to answer you through anybody else. You have, listen, you have to establish for yourself who God is. And you have to give God the rightful ownership of your life for God to be able to lead you. Because God is loving. God is not forceful. So if you don't have a knowledge of God's will, how in the world will you know what God is saying? Because anybody can come with a pizza prophecy. Are you yeah this morning? Amen. So the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, all scripture is God inspired, given by divine inspirational inspiration, is profitable for instruction, 
for conviction of sin, for correction of error and restoration to obedience, for training in righteousness, because we want to be more like Jesus, right? Increase in the knowledge of God. That's why we come to church. Learning to live in conformity to God's will, pleasing God, both publicly and privately, behaving honorably with personal integrity and moral courage. We need politicians with a lot of moral courage right now. We need uh, people that will stand up. We will need people that will speak up. We need people that will stand for what is truth in our education system. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Say amen in Jesus' name. We need parents to get involved in school boards and say we're not having that junk uh, forced down our children's throats. Thank you very much. We will not have that. We will choose our children's own prescription books. Right? I want to teach my child about Harry Potter. Harry Potter. I mean, the things that have become so attractive is absolutely uh, demonized. And your young people watch it like the vampire diaries and the vampire this and vampire, vampires in love. It's, and you think it's cool. Hello? Hello? Oh, it's a beautiful love story, Twilight. A bunch of vampires? Have you lost um, your bearings? The Bible says, before the return of Jesus, what is normal is going to be deemed as abnormal. What is abnormal will be deemed as normal. So it is so subtle that you don't even realize what's happening. You have to be grounded in truth. You have to watch what your children are watching on television. You can't put them there in front of that television and, and, and expect that to train them. You have to check and filter everything through God's Word. In Jesus' name. Psalm 119 verse 105, Bible says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So 1 Corinthians 2 teaches us when we receive truth, we have to compare it with spiritual truth, which is the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 to 14. So the second way God talks to, and I want to emphasize this for uh, the next 10 minutes I've left, is the inner witness, is the unction within your gumption, is the knowing. There are certain things you just know. There are certain things you go into a, a business deal or you meet somebody, you want to employ the person and you just have that scratch on the inside or you just have that no or you just feel, this is not okay. You have to live sensitively to the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. That's why the Word of God's number one, because you feed your spirit man through the Word of God. You cannot have a malnutrition spirit man. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 1 Peter 2 verse 2 says, As newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So if you don't feed your spirit man, your spirit man will not be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Who lives where? He lives in your spirit. He's intertwined with your spirit. 1 Corinthians 6 17, the Bible says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So when you marry your wife, you become one flesh. When you receive Jesus, He lives in your spirit. So you have power, knowledge, revelation on the inside of you. I've spoken to many people in business and they say, Pastor, all the figures look good, everything looked good. But when I was about to sign that uh, a contract, I, I just felt no. The, the, the Holy Spirit is not there to give you a charismatic experience. 
The Holy Spirit is there to lead you into all truth as an engineer, as a teacher, as a doctor, as a student, as a rugby player, where the ball's going to bounce. Amen. You're going to know the guy's going to kick uh, two seconds before he kicks, etc., uh, etc. Et I've spoken to doctors and they said, um, that patient sat with me and it looked like this, it looked like this, it looked like this. But in my heart, I just knew it wasn't that. And they diagnosed the thing correctly. Walking and working with the Holy Spirit. Living sensitively to your intuition. Living sensitively to what God has given you. In Proverbs 23 or 20 verse 27, the Bible says, The Spirit of a man is the lamp of a Lord, searching all the, all the inner depths of his heart. Romans 8, 14, As many as are led by the Spirit, they are sons of God. Verse 16 says, How the Spirit leads us, the Spirit Himself bears witness. Everybody say witness. How did you end up choosing that wife? Not just you liked what you saw, etc. Because uh, there's a lot of things after you got married that you saw you didn't like. Amen. Okay, no, whatever. But you had a witness. Now, my, I married the perfect person, I'm sure. Yes, you did. Amen. Amen. Perf, imperfect, perfect. Oh, I don't see my husband's mistakes. I know you don't. God bless you. You're fantastic. So the Spirit Himself bears witness. Colossians 3, verse 15, Mama says, Let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which you also were called in one body. 1 John 2, 20. I'll illustrate this now. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. You don't know all things. You know all things pertaining to your destiny. It's in you. You don't need a prophet. You have the anointing. You have, I said you have the anointing. You are anointed. You have the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, give the Lord a praise for the Holy Spirit here this morning. Hallelujah. You know, we make this whole walking with God, mystical and spooky and scary. It's like, uh, you know, when, when people say God spoke to me, they get this uh, prophetic, I call it pathetic, look on their faces like, the Lord spoke to me, pastor. No, God does speak to you. That, that's very clear. You, you don't have to walk around like uh, uh, you're in a spiritual vacuum. As a doctor, before you go into that surgery room, the Holy Spirit is there with you. Say, uh, show me what to do. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you that you're my helper. Help me to operate accurately and correctly in Jesus' name. If you defend that client, uh, defend that client, um, uh, say, Father, give me the strategy. Give me the wisdom in the name of Jesus Christ. You fight a court battle. Uh, give me the wisdom. Give me the strategy. He's your counselor. Suddenly you just know. Suddenly you just know. How? You just know. Sometimes we don't know. But then as we spend time in the Word and we spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, and I want to say praying in the Holy Ghost. Yes, praying in the Holy Ghost. But it's not gibberish. It's a heavenly language. Praying in the Holy Ghost. You just suddenly know things that you did not know. God uncovers what was covered. Suddenly you see things for what they are by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why the Bible says, walk in the Spirit 
and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, the lust of the flesh is not just sin. It can be anxiety. It can be depression. It can be inferiority. It can be fear. It can be anything of the flesh that tries to keep you out of the will that God has for you. But God said, I sent you another helper, another comforter, one that will live with you 24-7, one that comes to abide in you and abides with you, and He will guide you into all truth. So you will know what university your child have to go study. You will know what school to enroll your child to. You will know what job interview to go for. You will know who to employ if you work with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You have an unction. It's like people are looking for something while they already have it. You have an unction. You have an anointing. Verse 27 says, uh, but the anointing you received, past tense from Him, abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you. doesn't mean don't come to church. It means concerning the life that God called you to live every day. What path to take? Sometimes you drive to work like this. Suddenly you just feel, I shouldn't go down that path or I shouldn't go right now. There's a hesitation. There's a pause. That's the Holy Ghost that is protecting you in Jesus' name. He says, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie and just as it has taught you, you shall abide in Him. Now let me say this. Navigating God's will is not as easy as people make it out to be. That's why we'll, we have to at some time talk about point number three, the third witness, and that is godly counselors. That after we have been in the Word, after we've gone for prayer, we need to walk in submission to spiritual oversight. The Bible says in Proverbs 1 verse 5, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Proverbs 15 22, without counsel plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors they are established. Proverbs 11 14, where there is no counsel, the people fail. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Proverbs 20 18, plans are established by counsel, by wise counsel, wage war. Hebrews 13, 17, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them so do with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Proverbs 18, verse 1, He who isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise counsel. So we need those three witnesses established in our lives. The Word of God, a relationship with the Holy Spirit and then we have to be planted in a local church where we give spiritual oversight the right to speak into our lives not to control us but to protect us in Jesus name Amen and Amen do you receive the word this morning give Him a praise Hallelujah I want to say to our television audience you know um the first ministry of the Holy Spirit is to lead us back to Jesus. In John chapter 16, the Bible says, When He has come, He will convict the world of sin. Nobody has to point out our sin or your sin or talk about you. All you have to do is get into God's presence and you will know, I need to surrender this to Jesus. I need to get right with God. I want to live fully pleasing unto God. Why don't you come this morning and put your life in His hands? You know, God doesn't look at you with an attitude of judgment and condemnation. He's a father that encourages you into all that he has for you. And he knows there are things that will stop you from reaching your destiny. There's a mountain for you to climb. 
But you need to give your eyes on Jesus Christ and you need to walk with Him. I need you to hold His hand and let Jesus always be first in every area of your life. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give them all a big God bless you. Now, I, I, I want to read this because, um, gee, I've been a pastor 36 years. And if I see how people make decisions, I'm dumbfounded sometimes. I really am. I am. I, I have to tell you I am. Especially if people pull the God card and say, the Lord told me. And you know, everybody else knows the Lord never told them nothing. It's either an economic decision, uh, an emotional decision, uh, etc. I just want to say this. Listen to me very clearly. No matter how things are today, how bad it is, how things may seem. Not one of you are alive on this earth by accident. God's pre-planned for you to be alive. And that means God knows about you. God cares about you. God has a will for your life. God has a perfect plan for your life. And maybe you're not living in a fancy mansion this morning. That really is not the issue. The issue is the place where you are and where you are going to. And God says to Abram, follow me and I will make you. Every person that followed Jesus, Old Testament God, Jehovah, New Testament, follow Jesus. He says, follow me and I will make you. God's not into the breaking business. You know what the, where the breaking happens? Is when we treat that Bible like a menu. We, 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 we take a little snack here. We leave the things that we need for that season in our lives because of whatever reason, emotional insecurity, emotional instability, anger, rejection, whatever it is. He sent His Word and He healed them. This Bible was given not as a rule book, but as an instruction manual to help you live this life that is very real. That's why God never sent an angel to go through our human experience. He came Himself. And the Bible says He experienced every emotion and every experience that we would experience as human beings so that He can help us when we go through those times. The highs and unfortunately the lows, that's life. But He makes one promise again and again, this Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you again. I will send you another helper, a strengthener, a standby, an advocate, a teacher, one who will be with you every day of your life. Now, sometimes it feels as if He's not there, but that doesn't mean He's not there. Sometimes your children go on a vacation or whatever, and it feels like that person is not there. That doesn't mean that's not your wife or your husband or your, or your child any longer. Your relationship with God is sound and secure as far as He is concerned. Our responsibility is to continually draw closer to Him and seek His will. And I believe as we really spend time seeking the will of God, we will be filled by the Holy Spirit with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And ultimately, that's what we want, right? We don't just want the superficial Christianity, Shabbat, Hyundai, Tamai, Bota, etc. We want to know, listen, that we live lives that are fully, and I want to say that, we, we, we want to know that we live lives that are fully pleasing to our Heavenly Father, right? We want to know that we are living lives that are fully pleasing to our Heavenly Father. We want to live lives uh, that are fruitful. We want to live lives where we increase in the knowledge of God. We don't just want to increase in the knowledge of the world and 
technology and whatever your expertise is, we want to increase in the knowledge of God. And it's like this world is designed to desensitize people and to steal the appetite from people for God. So people are busy on their tablets, they're busy on their phones, they're busy in front of their televisions, they're busy with everything but with the thing that matters and that will determine their future. And there is time with God. Time, time, time in the Word. I know it sounds like an old message, old time, but it is how it is. There is no relationship outside of the Word of God. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He said, if you abide in me and my Word abides in you, you will ask what you will and it shall be given unto you. Because when the Word of God abides in you, you are going to pray according to God's will for your life. You're not going to put your hurt, your pain, your emotion, your distress above the Word of God. You, and, and, and this is the amazing thing, and I want to say this without making it a heavy revy. When you spend time in God's presence, it's like it becomes addictive. Do you understand that? If you don't spend time, it's like people that don't come to church. Eventually, they don't miss going to church. Before COVID, people couldn't wait to come to church. Now it's like we have to, and we're not going to do it. It's like convince people, hey, get back to church because they've lost the appetite. They've lost the appetite. They, because they're not in it. So if you're in it, you want to be deeper in it. You know what I'm talking about? When, when, when you're in the, in the move of God, when you're in prayer, you can't get enough. When you're not, it doesn't matter. So God says, I never move. I'm always the same. I'm approachable. I'm loving. My word is clear. It's certain. You can run away, turn around, come back. I'll be there. I won't change. He says, you draw near to me. You seek the will of God. Oh, come on. I want to encourage you. Come on, family. Come on. Every morning, every morning when you wake up, after you've given your husband coffee in the bed or your children, then go take your Bible and just go read your Bible for five minutes somewhere. Go read the Word of God. Go read the Psalms. Read Proverbs. Read the book of John. Read little John. Just begin to read the Bible. That's it. That's all you have to do. Five minutes. When you see again, five minutes is 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. When you see again, you want to read a half an hour. When you see again, you put Harry Potter aside and you bring God's Word in, in, in the place in the name of Jesus Christ. When you see again, your desire on the television channels changes. You want to watch a preacher under the anointing that preaches the Word of God. You change, your music changes, everything changes when you give the Word its rightful place in your life. Not on the bedside table but opening those pages and actually reading and breathing in what God is saying. I'll say it again, listen, and it's a fact. There is more access to God's Word than ever. You can push a button and the Word is there. You can hear the Word via Bluetooth. And yet the least access ever. It's not a heavy. It is trying to help you. Because your future is in, in the Father's hand. And if you want to know this future, you're going to find it His way. And His way is start in the Word of God. And as you feed your spirit man, your spirit man, suddenly you're going to start feeling things. Suddenly you're going to be sensitive. 
Suddenly your demeanor is going to change, your attitude is going to change, your character is going to change because now you, you're becoming more spiritually aware. And then when you go into your profession, you're suddenly going to be aware of this unction, the green light and the red light. You're suddenly just going to know, just put the green on, please put the red off. You're suddenly just going to know um, that it's a go. Okay, it's not so difficult. That it's a go. That, uh, or you know it's a no. You just have a check, a red. Can this thing go off? It's just totally off and totally on. So uh, you just have that scratch. You'll know what I'm talking about. Huh? It, it, it felt good, but it's like, uh-uh. And that's how God leads you. My sheep hear my voice. And the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Come on, come on. Come on, family, as we just remain in a place of worship for a moment. There's an amazing presence of God in this building. And it's flooding your heart currently wherever you are standing. And if you, to be honest this morning, as our pastor was speaking about the witness, you're honestly saying this morning that there's no witness in your heart, that you know that you know that if you should die, that you'll open your eyes and spend time with Jesus. There's many of you standing in this building that for many years you served God. You were looking for the purposes of God. You were living a life that was purposeful and pleasing unto Him. And things has happened in your life and for whatever reason, you've moved away. So as every head is bowed and every eye closed and believers praying in this place, if that is you standing in this place and you have to be honest and you know the Spirit of God is already speaking to you, you know there's uneasiness in your heart and you know that you know that you should make right with God. In a moment, we're gonna give you an opportunity and quietly, wherever you are, I just want you now to slip up your hand and say, Pastor, that is me. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to a life that are pleasing unto Him. I'm returning back to the wall where I've abandoned my call, the purposes of God. So if that is you, quietly, wherever you are, while no one is looking around, just slip up your hand now. And see, please pray for me. I see hands being lifted at the bottom, at the top. God bless you, bless you. They're on the balcony, bless you. Come on, if that is you, just slip it up now. This is your moment. God is coming with a heart that is loving onto you. A heart that is saying, return to me. I wanna give you a better life. I wanna show you the things still to come. But if that is you, lift it up now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, hands are being lifted all over this place. Come on, if you're watching online, you are responding. If you're watching on any social media platform, this is your opportunity. Just lift it up now. In the name of Jesus. Everything that we are doing as a church is that you can have this one encounter because we know the importance that your life will never be the same. Many of you are facing so much hardship, but we want to say to you, Today you're going to become part of the family. That Pastor Art and Pastor Rita is going to become your spiritual parents. And you're going to become their children. And if you allow us as a church to walk with you in every single church, and you allow us, your life will be better off for it. As our pastor said, it's about having godly counsel. Some of you are facing things. And if you just have to sit with a home cell leader for a moment, and the people that are going to care for you and love you, God can in a moment change your whole circumstances. Because we can stand together, we can pray together. You don't have to be by yourself. So if you can be so kind, just to put your hand on your heart and close your eyes for a moment, you can lift your other hand. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And we're going to believe together.
that God's going to come and change your life forever. So just please be so kind to pray after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I thank you for life. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I thank you, Father, that you died for me on the cross and that you rose again and that you live forevermore. Today I choose to accept your forgiveness. I believe that I'm a brand new person, that the oldest past 